Right, that's the undercoat on those orc warrior miniatures. What'll I do whilst I wait on them drying? I suppose I could uh, check the news back home. All this sciencey stuff I've been learning in previous episodes has really got me optimistic about humanity. Our aspirations, our knowledge, our achievements. I wonder what giant new strides we've made since we set off on this journey. Oh no. Oh dear. Nuclear war. Okay. I think I'll just watch some cat videos instead. That certainly brought me back down to earth with a bump. <laughs> back down to earth. Get it. Anyone? Anyone? What was that? can't be someone out there. We're in orbit around Saturn. Hang on, I'll just pull up the monitors. Yeah, a minute. I recognise that guy. I'll open the outer airlock. Ah, blimey, you guys don't hang around, do you? You left me behind. David Alt, voice actor and astrophysicist. What are you doing here? And how did you get here? Excellent questions. So? So, this is the Tidergrade, is it? You've redecorated. Don't like it. What? So where is everyone? I want to get stuck in with all the travelling, the exploring and the explaining. There's so much amazing stuff to see out here. Eh, uh, well... Sarah will be occupied with flying the ship, and Colin's on the shuttle. It's still accelerating up towards the speed of light. Apparently he's whiling away the time working on a new app. He says it helps people automate their podcast editing. Oh, that sounds good. What's it called? It's called Alitu, and you can find it at alitu.com. Is that A-L-I-T-U dot com? That's exactly it, aye. Oh, it's almost as if that was scripted. Right, I'll check that out. But, back to this episode, it sounds like you need the help of a handsome and talented podcaster, presenter and space enthusiast. I suppose I do, aye. Do you know any? Well, you can't just expect new presenters to follow you halfway across the solar system and knock on your window. You mean you want to join the crew? No, I just came to deliver a line about a new podcasting app. Really? Seems like quite a tortuous setup just for that. Tell you what, I'll stick around for a while, recharge the old batteries, help out with some episodes and see how we go. I'll need to make some repairs myself, thanks to getting caught in a relativistic slipstream. How did you get here? A better question might be, where are we going from here? No, I quite like mine. Matthew, my good friend, I've been planning my whole life for this moment. Pull up that intro music bed that you use, and I'll tell the listener about the journey we're going on in this episode. Right, right, okay. Here you go. Welcome to Hostile Worlds, the podcast that puts the science and drama into science-based audio drama educational show. In this episode, as we watch the shuttle building up speed, I'll be looking at the distances involved in just getting around our solar system, relatively speaking. Space is big, really big. You won't believe just how vastly, hugely, mind-bogglingly big it is. I mean, you may think it's a long walk down the street to the chemist, but that's just peanuts to space. You Listen. can't just quote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. 
pretty sure that's still well in copyright. We've already looked at distances. Yeah, terribly sorry. Uh, I'm a bit of a fan, that's all. Lovely chap, lots of towels. But still, there is the all-important question of how to get to the outer edges of the solar system. After all, the Tardigrade is an amazing ship, but it's got a lot of distance to contend with. Come on, let's go and find Sarah, and I'll show you. I'll get you next time, mighty Zordon of the Orcs. Now you will rule the day you ever crossed me. And then my... Oh, why, why do the boys always leave their things all over the ship? Huh? Were you just playing with my miniatures? What? No, 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 no. I was, uh, I was just tidying them away and... Uh, oh, who, who's behind you? Colin finished the uh, shuttle testing and, and got bolder? It's always the hair, isn't it? They always mention the hair. <gasps> David Holt, what are you doing here? Excellent question. So? He didn't give me a straight answer either. Well, I was listening to the episodes with car lengths and peppercorns and wondering how we can take that a bit further. Literally. And I thought to myself that seeing how you're accelerating Colin to relativistic velocities now might be the time to talk about light years. Ah, oh, it seems a long way to come to talk about that. We're close to Saturn, not Sterling. Well, that's the point. You talked about how to shrink the sun down to the size of a basketball. On that scale, the Earth would be a peppercorn six car lengths away, but once Titan came along, you'd be looking at ten times that distance. And this is where using light becomes a useful yardstick. After all, at relativistic speeds, like Collins travelling, the idea of length goes a little bit loopy. What do you mean by that? I mean, everything looks the same length for me. Ah, yes, but that's where a frizzy-haired Austrian says otherwise. Einstein again, eh? You know what? I'll let you two discuss the physics. I'm going to get back to monitoring the shuttle's progress. Aye, aye, Captain. Yep. Oh, yeah. See you, Matthew. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Einstein. So there's something called the frame of reference, which makes a big difference when you're travelling at speed. So let's just say, for the sake of argument, that you're driving along the M1 at 70 miles an hour. Aye, or two lorries are travelling along the M8. Even better! So on a dual carriageway where there are two lanes, uh, we've all been stuck behind one lorry, or truck for our American listeners, trying to overtake another. Each one is limited to 60 miles an hour, give or take, but one can make it to 61 miles an hour and has decided that he's going to get past the other. Oh, yeah, it's nothing worse than sitting in the queue watching it inching, inching past the other one. Exactly. But he's only got to get past the other, and he's travelling at 61 miles an hour. So shouldn't that happen really quickly? After all, 61 miles an hour is very quick. But the other one's going at 60. So, the overall effect is that the one is creeping past the other at one mile an hour, not 61. For the slower lorry, he's standing still, the world is zooming past in the other direction at 60 miles an hour, and there's a lorry coming past at one mile an hour. For the faster lorry, he's standing still, the slower lorry is reversing at one mile an hour next to him, and the world is zipping by at 61. For someone parked in a lay-by, two lorries just sped by with a queue of frustrated traffic trailing behind them. Wait, so you're saying that however fast you're travelling, you think that you're standing still? Pretty much. After all, you've never slid off the surface of the Earth, have you? Oh, there may have been a few nights. Yeah, but not at 900 miles an hour, though. Uh, well, no. But you, you know that the Earth rotates, don't you? 
Well, yes. So, if you're on the equator, you travel 40,000 kilometers each day. That's the circumference of the Earth as it spins once on its axis. You do this in 24 hours, near enough. Well, near enough? I thought a day was 24 hours exactly. Well, again, this depends on your frame of reference, really. Anyway, 40,000 kilometers, 24 hours, means at the equator you're traveling at 1,700 kilometers an hour, or 1,040 miles an hour. But you don't notice it, because everything else is traveling at the same speed around you. Yes, sounds like a good way to avoid a speeding ticket, if you ask me. Yeah, I wasn't travelling at 90, officer. I was going 1,000 in the other direction, right? <laughs> well, yeah, but that's only if you're thinking of things on the Earth. Every day, after all, the Earth is moving at 67,000 miles an hour around the Sun, and 514,000 miles an hour around the centre of the galaxy. But we don't notice it ourselves because on the Earth, everything else is going at the same speed, and so it's travelling with you. Okay, but how does that explain anything with light and distances? Well, it turns out that light is a really useful way to measure things. For 161 years, there was a metal bar that was precisely a metre long that everything else was measured against. Nowadays, we define a metre as the distance light travels in one 299,792,458th of a second. Whoa, that sounds suspiciously like... The speed uh, of light, yes. Yes. <laughs> we define length by the speed of light, because the speed of light in a vacuum doesn't change. Observed length does. So, a metre isn't a metre if it's going too fast? Yes. Yeah? So, does that mean that if I'm going really fast, the uh, the speed camera won't catch me? Absolutely, yes. But you, you, but you would have to be going really, really, really fast to pull that one off. In fact, if Colin, travelling at half the speed of light, were to zoom past and we tried to measure the length of his ship we would see it as around 86% of what it should be. Speed does strange things to length. Mm. Is that why people buy Ferraris? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> In a sense, yes. <laughs> so, I get that speed changes depending on if you're looking at things from different places, but how does it help us measure distance? Okay, so we need to start with the idea that the speed of light is thanks to Einstein, a type of speed limit. So you can't go faster than light? Not in a vacuum, no. <laughs> you should see how fast my cat moves when I get the vacuum out. <laughs> <laughs> but light does change its speed depending on what it's moving through. It's slower in water, for example, because there's more stuff in the way. So light is slowed down by stuff? I thought it was a wave or something. <laughs> Let's come to quantum theory another time. Uh, anyway, the fastest thing that we know is light in a vacuum. It's a sort of universal speed limit. And that speed is, just like when we define the meter, 299,792,458 meters every second. Oh, that's a big number. It is. It's roughly 186,000 miles a second. So Colin's travelling at almost 100,000 miles a second right now? Yep. Wow. Yep. <laughs> but uh, in his mind, he's stationary and everything else is moving in the opposite direction at 100,000 miles a second. Yep. Oh. <laughs> but 
We're not moving. Ah, relative to what? Oh, this is crazy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ugh, okay. So we can call 186,000 miles a light second. So it's the distance light travels in a second. God, light years, that's what they are. Yes. So we have light minutes, light hours, light days and light years. So 186,000 miles a second times by 60 to give that many miles a minute times by 60 again to give 700 million miles an hour times by 24 for a light day. So a light year is... Wow, that's a lot of zeros. (laughs) It is indeed, yes. (laughs) And it's also a really useful way of avoiding having to use millions, billions and trillions of metres or miles when it comes to distances. Light is a useful yardstick as well as a speed limit. You folks might want to come and see this. There's some of the other moons of Saturn coming round on the monitors. I've been wanting to take a look at the ice geezers on Enceladus. We're on our way. Uh, You'll need to get your uniform too. Yeah, I might have to give that one a miss. Look lovely on you. (laughs) And so that's why he ended up as a penguin. (laughs) 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 There you are. Uh, I figured we could make a quick trip to Enceladus whilst we're waiting on Colin to get back. After all, it's got an icy crust with possible liquid water underneath. We could go for a swim in something that's not liquid methane. I'm still not one for ice diving, especially in places where there might be massive, sharp, pointy teeth. Mm. Yeah, you know, I think it'll be much more fun somewhere else in the solar system. After all, Enceladus isn't what's programmed into the flight controls. What do you mean? Hang on, why are we heading for Venus? We are? However did that happen? Hang on, that's going to take forever though, isn't it? I mean, Venus is closer to the Sun than the Earth is. Yes, but because we're all orbiting, now's a good time to go. It's on the same side of the Sun as Saturn is at the moment. In fact, at its closest, it's a mere 1.3 billion kilometres, or 820 million miles. At its furthest, it's 1.5 billion kilometres, 950 million miles. Wow. (laughs) So, um, why are we going there? And how did the computer get hacked? And how long is it going to take? Ooh, at the speed of light, under 90 minutes. That's less time than it takes to get into Edinburgh in festival season. Come on, you guys, it'll be great fun. Dissolving acid rain, crushing pressures. Let's really see what the tardigrade can do. 90 minutes at the speed of light? We can't go anywhere near that speed. Oh, really? This was Hostile Worlds, a podcast created and presented by the podcast host. Find out more about their coaching and production services at thepodcasthost.com. Voices in this episode were provided by Sarah Golding, Matthew McLean, and me, David Alt. I also guest wrote the episode. Clever chap that I am, apparently. I didn't write that bit. And you can find me at www.davidalt.co.uk and I'm available for any kind of voiceovers, voice acting, or indeed astronomy talks, should you want those. And if you're enjoying the series so far, why not tell a friend about it? You know at least one person who'd really love a trip to Venus. 
don't you? Well, don't we all? Well, why not send them along to hostileworlds.net to check out the show, or even better, show them how to subscribe on their phone or podcast receiver of their choice. That's what keeps the Tidal Grade fueled up for more journeys around the universe, after all. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Excellent question. <laughs>